Welcome to EPRI Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute. I'm Amy Mills, and today we're talking innovation, more specifically, innovators. In February of last year, EPRI, in collaboration with the U.S. Department of Energy and DOE's National Renewable Energy Laboratory, launched the Incubate Energy Network, connecting clean energy incubators around the country with one another to, in turn, better support entrepreneurs. Today, we're talking about why and how that's important to the energy industry as a whole. But first, our guests. We're trying something new today and connecting everyone remotely, so here goes. In Denver, Colorado, we have Beth Hartman, who is EPRI's lead for the Incubate Energy Network. Beth, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. And in Washington, D.C., we have Jen Garson, Strategic Projects Advisor for the U.S. Department of Energy's Office of Technology Transitions. Jen, welcome. Thank you for having me. And finally, from Austin, Texas, Kathleen Bayruther, Assistant Director of the Austin Technology Incubator. Hello, Kathleen. Hi, everyone. To get started, let's talk about how this initiative got started itself. And Jen, maybe you can kick us off since the idea grew out of your department. What was the driver for connecting clean energy incubators? That's a great question. So part of uh, the reason why we wanted to build a, a larger coalition of clean energy incubators is we, we started out a couple of years ago supporting grants in the innovation ecosystem. And actually, our first grant uh, in 2010 was actually called the Innovation Ecosystem Initiative. And what we saw in the first couple of years uh, out of that grant was that clean energy incubators were really driving some of the uh, most important work to help prepare launch and, and vet uh, clean energy startups out in the ecosystem. Additionally, uh, another grant that we had was our National Clean Energy Business Plan Competition, which was focused on student entrepreneurs. And I increasingly started to hear from these entrepreneurs after they go through a business plan competition, you know, what's next? And increasingly, my only response was, I'll get back to you. So we sat down at DOE and said, you know, what can we really do in this space to help team together the fabric of the ecosystem to make it easier for entrepreneurs to find where they should go, but also to connect best performers out in this space? You know, we at the department talked to people all across the country, uh, but there really wasn't a formal network for clean energy incubators to interface with one another. So it was important for us to do, you know, two things. One was to increasingly support uh, incubators as they help. Uh, really launch startups uh, from, I'd say, the prototype and into the market, but also to provide an opportunity for incubators to actually get connected to one another in a way that kind of convenes everybody together and gets everybody talking about the issues that they're all facing collectively. And then EPRI got involved in this. And Beth, can you talk a little bit about what EPRI's interest was in this collaboration? Sure. Yeah. So in the um, technology innovation group at EPRI, we work to identify innovative new technologies of interest to our utility members um, as the pace of change in the energy industry is really accelerating with so many new applications on the grid edge and beyond. So whether you're talking about dramatically falling costs of solar power and battery storage or vastly smaller, more affordable sensors or software to manage energy use, these are all innovations that are significantly impacting the operation of the larger electric grid as a whole. So the Incubate Energy Network is a great way for EPRI to gain more visibility into many of the innovative technologies that these incubators help support um, through the prototyping, scaling, and commercial deployment stages of development. And if you just look at some of the metrics of the incubators in the network, as far as funding and revenue and other commercial success stories of the companies they support, it's clear that the groups in this network, um, as Jen said, are really the top clean energy commercialization ecosystems around the country. And the success begins 
sort of at the high level of selectivity and due diligence that the incubators perform on companies accepted into their programs. Um, for example, among just three incubators um, that reviewed over 550 companies last year, they accepted only 50 into their programs, so that's less than 10%. And this high level of selectivity ensures that they are supporting the companies with both the best technology and the best business plan, leading to really impressive levels of follow-on funding. So, for example, among the top 10 incubators in the network, companies have raised over a billion dollars in funding, generated over 330 million in revenue, and directly employed close to 3,000 people. So, the incubators in this network are really an excellent support system for some of the best clean energy companies out there. And EPRI is really engaged in reviewing these companies to highlight those that would be of most interest to our utility members, given the particular challenges of the industry. So we've identified over 250 companies of interest from the incubator network, which can be sorted by technology area um, and other criteria. And EPRI is already pretty closely engaged with several of these companies. I can give over a half dozen examples of companies that we're engaged with already, including Accio Energy, Allcell, Fidgley, Chai, IBIS, NBD Nano, and Skyspecs, and I'm happy to provide more details on EPRI's work with any of those companies if time permits. Fantastic. Well, and I'm glad that we were able to bring someone from an incubator into this conversation as well. Um, Kathleen, from your perspective, can you talk a little bit about your engagement with the network and the benefit for both the incubator and the companies that are within your incubator? Sure, happy to. Um, I would say the, you know, the first thing that this grant allowed ATI to do was actually create my job. So I'm very committed to the network. Um, it's really the reason that I exist at ATI. We went from a team of one on the clean energy side to a team of two. And um, we've been able to expand our capacity as a clean energy incubator in Texas. And I would say the specific um, work that we've been doing both with the larger national network and then at our incubator is actually building capacity across the state of Texas. So through this grant and through this project, we're not only learning from our peers nationally, but we're also taking those best practices and scaling them across the state of Texas. Um, Texas has its own electric grid, as many of you probably know. It's kind of a fun playground with a lot of solar uh, well, increasing amounts of silver and a ton of wind. And so we're very supportive of transitioning to a cleaner energy future across the state of Texas and engaging partners um, throughout this very large geography. And so that has been actually a lot of my work is translating from what our peers are doing across the country and trying to understand how that can be applied um, both to what ATI is doing in Austin, but also what parts of those lessons are, are a good fit for our partners in places like San Antonio and El Paso and College Station. Uh, specifically, I would say the thing that does not scale very well about incubation is the mentor network. It's a, incubation is a very high-touch enterprise, so you spend a lot of time with, time with these companies, vetting them. Um, as Beth said, the, the acceptance rate is under 10%. Um, at ATI, our acceptance rate is about 8%, 8%, so that's consistent for us. It takes a long time to figure out if somebody's a fit, and then across throughout that process, you're also connecting them with other resources and maybe sending them off to do some work and then they come back to you a little bit farther along. Um, you know, we spend a lot of our time with that. We also engage a ton of mentors in that process. And the thing that this um, network has allowed us to do is actually reach out to mentors that have completely different industry experience and completely different Rolodexes that really benefit our entrepreneurs. Um, we've had a few entrepreneurs in particular benefit from the Rolodex of our colleagues in Detroit. Um, there are some industries that are in Detroit historically that have never really been in Texas or in Austin, and there's been a lot of opportunity for our entrepreneurs to get access to those kinds of experts that previously is value that our incubator could not provide. 
So what would be, could you give a specific example from a, a startup within your network that has gotten that type of support? Sure. So we work with a company called JR Thermal. Uh, they are a heat transfer technology company, and they mostly develop custom solutions and then license them into industry. So they're not necessarily scaling every product themselves. Uh, their first product was for the server industry, so heat capture and transfer for um, servers, and that's actually already being manufactured and distributed at a large scale. Um, but they were targeting the appliance industry, and they were looking at ways to make dryers more efficient. You know, the Energy Star rating on the washer-dryer um, appliance set is actually for the whole set. And so, in general, washers have gotten much more efficient, but dryers have not. And they mentioned in passing, hey, you know what, a lot of people in, the, in Michigan have actually worked in either auto or appliances at some point, um, because those are two huge industries there. So we connected with our, our partners at Next Energy and said, hey, do you have anyone that's been at Whirlpool or one of the other appliance companies in your region? And then they connected our, our company into their network of, of folks that have sort of the right expertise and could figure out which team they should be speaking with at Whirlpool, especially since this company is one that wanted to do more co-development. It was really important that they get the right introduction at the right time to the right team. Um, in a company like Whirlpool, you could spend a lot of time figuring out who to talk to. And they got, they've actually gotten to the point where they're actually sent Whirlpool a test kit and they've gotten really good results, actually better results than they had um, with their own tests. So that, that conversation is progressing and we hope that there's some kind of licensing deal that comes out of it in the next six months to a year. You know, Jen, is that the type of relationship that you envisioned when this really kicked off? I mean, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we had really hoped was that you know, some of these startups that were in different parts of the country where they could actually be better in, in Detroit or, or in Texas, that we'd have the ability to facilitate the opening of different markets. Um, and we've seen it not just an example, say, between Texas and Detroit, but uh, increasingly, actually, some of our member incubators are actually developing memorandums of understanding to have Sort of, a, you know, it's almost like a joint development agreement where if a company now, I'll give a concrete example, there's a new MOU between the Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator and Greentown Labs, which is in Boston. And what they came to an agreement was to say, hey, if you have a startup that really wants to come to Boston to meet with some of the people who we work with closely, we'll give them a few days in the incubator, free of charge, help them get connected into our network, and really try to figure out, you know, how we can help help your portfolio companies. And ultimately, that's, that's what we really care about from a departmental perspective, is helping to bring together a community that can make it easier for startups to, to find the right types of testing services, uh, commercial partners, manufacturers, uh, anybody who's gonna help them in their commercialization pathway. Ultimately, we would love to see even more of this kind of standing together at this network because we see where there are regional strengths, but where the biggest strengths are is being able to open these markets to startups that are all across the country, because innovation uh, might be local in terms of its support from their partners, uh, but it doesn't mean that only uh, that they only have a growth path in that, in that market. Beth, Kathleen mentioned the vetting process to become a part of her incubator. How does that help EPRI when you're scouting and looking at new technologies to have those incubators that have already vetted the companies within their portfolio? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Amy, and I think it's just really helpful to have that 
sort of first level of rigorous due diligence that um, we can really rely on to provide um, the sort of initial round of vetting. And so it helps us in our scouting process um, to sort of narrow down the list of uh, potential technologies that we think really would be of great interest um, to our utility members. So, um, for example, Austin Technology Incubator works pretty closely with Austin Energy, and they were able to partner to help um, test a company called Ideal Power, which makes a much smaller, more lightweight, efficient inverter. And that company has now gone public um, after they were able to work with the incubator and the utility there in partnership um, to test their product. So it's just, it's really a great way to know that the companies that we might refer on to our utility partners to to take a look at and see if they would like to work with them in an innovative way to, to help bring greater flexibility and more clean energy to the grid are in fact the, the top companies in the country and maybe even in the world that we would be able to refer to them. And I'll say too that even it's the same thing from the department's perspective too. Uh, I work with a lot of our different technology offices in our in fair office of energy efficiency and renewable energy. And when they put out a call for solicitations for you know startups or uh, for, for great innovators, you know, one of my first points of contact that we send out these solicitations to uh, are our incubator partners because we care just as much as the department about funding, you know, really good startups and really good companies. And this helped us uh, from the perspective of, of both amplifying our efforts but also attracting, you know, the best of the best in the country. We're talking about essentially three tiers. You have the startups who are supported by the incubators who are in turn connected through the incubator energy network. But million dollar question, and I'll ask all of you to maybe to jump in on this. Ultimately, what is the benefit of this framework for the larger energy industry? From the utility perspective, I think it's really um, just having that visibility and insight into some of the top innovations that are happening on the grid. And I know that along with Austin Energy working very closely with Kathleen's incubator down in Texas, Many of the other incubators in the network are also partnering very closely with utilities in their region. So um, the Energy Accelerator in Hawaii works very closely with Hawaiian Electric. Um, the group that Jen mentioned in LA, the Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator, works very closely with LA Department of Water and Power. And the ones in, in Chicago and Detroit also work very closely with the utilities in their region. So I think just bringing that level of visibility and partnerships between um, electric utilities and these top centers of clean energy innovation is really going to help drive faster and um, just better innovation in the industry going going forward. You know, I'd say one other layer to this um, is that the incubators play this interesting role as well in identifying um, innovative labs. So at UT, we work very closely with a number of, of PIs who aren't necessarily going to leave UT um, to launch a company, but we're also working with students who might want to support the creation of a company. And so it's this sort of membrane between, you know, the really, really high-tech R&D that's happening that's very, very early stage, and then we play this role of sort of peering into that and then connecting those innovations with talent and training those individuals to be entrepreneurs, think in terms of a company, and think in terms of business models, and then learn about how they can actually translate these things into profitable companies. And there's this layer here, I think, that the incubators are playing in terms of activating talent and activating energy around this space and connecting, um, you know, new ideas and new minds and new individuals um, into the energy industry that aren't necessarily the folks that would gravitate toward a job um, at one of the more traditional players historically. Um, and there's so much energy around entrepreneurship 
And I think there's such a desire, especially of younger entrepreneurs, to solve social problems. Uh, and energy is different than putting an app together. And so I think actually actively guiding those entrepreneurs and connecting them with the right public and private sector partners early on is one of the ways in which we add a lot of value to the broader community and to the industry writ large. And I, I think that's key. Um, uh, you know, one of the roles that we really see incubator serving is, is being the nexus of all these activities uh, in these regional and local ecosystems. Um, you know, from a department of energy perspective, we're always looking to increase uh, sort of the impact of the, of the work that we do. And I like to say that, you know, oftentimes my incubators are the ones who understand they're the, they're the boots on the ground. They know the different partners that should be at the table. They know who to connect the startups with to help them grow. They know the researchers. They know the national labs. You kind of you need almost the, the heart of an ecosystem to be you know really strong, really passionate actors. And increasingly, we're seeing incubators serve in this role. So whether they're involved with utility partners um, or if they're involved with corporate industry, uh, you know, incubators are helping to help us. Uh, all from the energy industry solve some of the biggest pain points of, of, of launching clean tech startups because it's, it's a really difficult thing to launch a clean tech startup. It takes a lot of time, patience, uh, and a lot of enthusiasm to really get these these hard these hardware companies in particular off the ground. So what we're seeing now is within the incubator community, uh, people are really taking creative approaches at how they're steaming together the, the customers and solutions. So as an example, uh, some of our incubator partners are running uh, these, these challenges, uh, these, these competitions where they go uh, deep into the you know, R&D arms of, of major corporates like uh, Exelon or Schneider Electric and say, what are your biggest needs? And then they go out and they figure out how to tap into the ecosystem to find solutions to meet those needs. And I think that's just an example of the way that incubators are helping to catalyze uh, and, and bring together this larger ecosystem to help support the growth and launch of companies. Beth, I will give you the last word today. What is the single most important point you would want to leave with people in the energy industry when it comes to the role of innovation and entrepreneurs? I guess I'd like to say that as the, as the pace of innovation um, in the energy industry does appear to continue to be accelerating, I think it'll be more and more important for utilities and other large um, corporates in the in the energy world to find ways of partnering with these top ecosystems of clean energy entrepreneurship around the country and really stay aware of the technologies um, at the grid edge that will increasingly have a bigger impact on utility business models. These technologies are already giving customers more choices than ever before about how their energy is produced and consumed, and that, that, that trend really doesn't seem to be slowing down. So. Um, utilities will be increasingly developing a more entrepreneurial approach themselves to their business model overall, making a cultural shift towards more rapid innovation internally, and then also working um, more closely with these external partners in innovation. So for utility technology executives today, I guess I, I could think of almost no better list of potential partners to start looking at than some of the incubators in this network, which really are supporting the most innovative new clean energy technologies at later stages of commercialization that are ready to, to launch and work with large industry partners. It's been wonderful to speak with all of you today. Jen, Kathleen, Beth, thanks for joining in the conversation. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, we're shaping the future of electricity.